growing up with a cane pole in his hand. Like a fool of dreams sitting down by the stream. The leaves on to the corpus play. Give him a shotgun to please his mind. Give them quail a few reasons to fly. Living in the city just ain't for me. I want to go back to the country. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. Take me to Texas. I want to go down that open road. Take me to Texas. I want to see how far this country goes. coffee cup put the dog on the porch and turn up your radio this is the outdoor zone with tj and cody ryan live from the bunkhouse Welcome, welcome into the bunkhouse. Yeah, it's just an old tin shack on the back of the ranch, but we call it home every Sunday morning, 79, live in the Outdoor Zone Radio Network. My name is T.J. Graney, T of the J of the Graney. Cody Ryan is fishing the Bass Champs Championship this morning. Said it was raining all day Friday while they pre-fished. Uh, I didn't hear from him yesterday. A little unusual, but I'm guessing fishing out there on the edge of the Nolans and in Louisiana and that whole thing. I'm guessing it's pretty much a got stirred up with the uh, mess. The cane beefsteak. Oh yeah, is oh, in the house. Oh yeah, as usual. And Road Rash is the ranch hand that gets here early, makes sure everything gets set up, opens the gate. Fix the old fires up the old pot belly stove and puts foil on the coat hanger so you can hear us every Sunday morning seven to nine live or twenty four seven three sixty five at theoutdoorzone.com. This is the number one outdoor show on radio, and we uh, we podcast this show so you can share it with your friends on all the podcast applications out there. Just find one, type in the outdoor zone, and you will find us. So, wow. Went deer hunting this week. Mm. Got back from Illinois and yeah. went out to the Me Santa. Too. Yeah, we were both up there <laughs> at the uh, same time, almost forty-five minutes away, and neither one of us was able to. Should have been deer hunting up there. We should have figured that out somehow. Did you see that doe that my uh, my nephew hey, man, got? Three hundred pound deer oh, they live on a i mean in the middle of a cornfield i know corn and soybeans it's uh it, it's pretty cool but they just passed a the act that you can use a crossbow in archery season so do you uh you you real real i, what would you I don't call know it? what would you call yeah. people that you know keep it real um keep it real like using a bow yeah i mean that that are traditionalists maybe are you to, to you know I'd well love to a hear. traditionalist you might be thinking they'd be using a you know a spear and a <laughs> loincloth or what uh adelaide uh whatever those things are but well i adelaide you know some people would argue that the compound bow is the you know the advancement and over uh that it has to be a long bow over a long bow but i mean it, it doesn't give me any advantages <laughs> a crossbow is pretty uh straightforward I, I will ha- and we talked about this maybe it is, wouldn't it be cool if that was the first um take for a young guy or a young girl for a deer you put down a put it down with a crossbow no uh you know, i've never i've never hunted with one with with one with one with two, two. uh you i've know, never maybe. hunted with one i'm guessing it's you know no impact pretty straight flight yeah um you're gonna get the same thing you're you, you know even if you hit it you're gonna probably need to trail it you know and all that but um so it gives you that I, whole experience I, I uh 
What would you say? Are you I a traditionalist or are you okay with that? Um, <laughs> I I just don't I just don't see it as archery. I see it more as a rifle style. They so, are just about like rifles. It I mean, is. It's, it's just a, a different projectile. Hitting. It's set up the same. But I'm not going to argue with it. People are getting outside hunting. Your nephew killed a deer. Good. Go good do for, it again. Good for him. Yeah. And I. Uh, and he when he went, when he was field dressing it, he uh, he called and he said, "Hey, have you ever seen all these little white modules? He's all these things hanging down inside. That's fat, man. You know, I, she's fat." Throw that in there with that meat. Grind it up. I don't do you do that? I don't take I I know. We cut it out. Yeah, I pretty much cut it out. I'm I don't know that much about what I do. I just try and harvest (laughs) as much as I can and then I take it to somebody who knows what to do with it. And then they do it. Yeah, he You know, and I and I've got good friends who make all their own sausage and grind up all you know, and I've got a grinder. I've got a really nice one. Um I'm just not set up to use it. I've I, I bought it. And never. I don't think Cody used it once or twice. For the I've first, never used it. First five years on the deer lease, I did all that. We boned it out. We did everything. When or he, you when just take home. it over to the meat market and give them a hundred dollars, and it comes back in these <laughs> vacuum pack packages, and it's and that stuff stays longer. I've tried to vacuum pack myself. It's not the same. No, you got to have that. I've got two vacuum packers and. They they're good, but and but then, anyway, I sat in one of my I sat oh, yeah. in my stand, yeah, the other day till ten in the morning from six. Were you thinking that something was? I mean, ten's not too bad. Well, I mean, who does that? Most people are out about by nine, eight, nine, oh, we, yeah, we till eight about thirty, nine fifteen to nine thirty at the latest. Yeah. So, but and I had a ton of deer under me. What? But I'd seen these two big bucks and they'd come in on me twice and i didn't get a shot at them Uh and i was just waiting for them to come back so i could and i didn't want to stick a doe or do anything to you know that's right it's a one buck right no no oh Oh, gosh no it's i was i was out near marble falls oh in the secret yeah that's mld i could shoot (laughs) 15 of them if i wanted to but uh i I just really want to stick a good deer Especially after what I saw Cody do. Oh man! Now you—he's like a good deer. You're, you're so competitive. With, he he asked me to come out there and you. stick the bigger one that was, but I haven't been able to go out there yet. But there's a bigger one. I can't wait. I I'm waiting for him to come back and tell his story on that because this is a good one. I think. Yeah. The whole thing being on your own land first time. Yeah. Just the window of opportunity. His daughter. I mean, I heard that two-year-old granddaughter goes over, and they they didn't know what to do, how to you know to show it to her, and then right blood. It was like no big deal. Good job, daddy. Hey, daddy. Yay! Isn't that great? Doesn't that just make you feel good, grandpa? Yeah. Well, you got your granddaughter with you. When are you going to show her a dead deer? I need to do it. She's uh, four. Oh and, man, uh, she ought to be going to the stand with you, <laughs> oh. dude. I was taking, I was taking my kids to the stand by the time they were four. Yeah, but they don't. They they a few minutes looking out the window. Then you got to have toys and you got to have snacks and you got to have stuff where yeah. they're just fiddling around on the floor. Is that why you always have and toys they, and snacks with you? Even well, when I get you're bored alone? too. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, I tried to avoid, we even back in the day, this is terrible. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but even back in the day, we'd go to Radio Shack and try and buy those little miniature TVs. Oh, yeah. You know, about uh-huh. the size of your hand, yeah. and you get try and get a little bit of TV while you were out in the deer stand. Or I've never done that. Uh, well, people watch YouTube videos now, I guess. Well, I remember the very, I remember the very first, one of the very first times I went with, dr buck and we went out on a deer hunt with some kids and he came back with his two boys the two boys that he was yeah hunting with in the deer stand and they'd been watching this thing called youtube and it had all these hunting videos on it and i thought what are you talking about i had no idea but youtube was it's when it just began and people were posting some hunting videos on it and 
Yeah, that that weird thing that took over, right? And oh, then, my yeah, I can't believe it. Hey, I was also going to tell you, thank you last week was uh, a memorial to my to my mom. Yes, and it was. And I appreciate you doing that on, uh, you know, on the air and uh, letting me speak about it. I went and, um, you know, we were able to do a graveside. We got it or uh, did did the burial. Interestingly enough, family tradition was always being late, and uh, they had joked around that my mom would be late to her own funeral. Well, it's a couple hours transport to get to the family uh, little family cemetery in the corn middle of corn country where uh, where my grandparents and my great-grandparents and everybody had land and uh, they called me about an hour before they called us when we we're on the way and they said hey we broke down the hearse broke down with my mom <laughs> i know i'm laughing but it, it seems like That's it's funny. so ironic because you're like wait a minute how can you be late for your own funeral she was well and i i loved your response was well we we got the pickup here we'll just come and get her <laughs> and they're like no uh uh, uh sir no, no uh, that is illegal sir you cannot come and pick up real, your mom in the back of a pickup truck we got mass we'll just come take her That's <laughs> oh, God. It. so it was interesting went through the whole we said no we're starting on time we did the whole the whole thing the very last note of the very last verse of the very last song which was i surrender all the hearse pulls up with her bright red casket. Grandkids, pallbearers pull in, and uh, Dude, we lay her to rest. Any better that the story of your mom. <laughs> she she ends it the way your mom would end it. Yeah, she didn't want the focus to be on her. I mean, that's it's just it can be on everything but her, and that was the only way to do it. Everybody got to hear what we were saying about the gospel and where you go in eternity. And that, uh, and, and it was, I was told by many people, it was the most fun funeral <clears throat> they'd ever been to. And we tried to make it a celebration of life for her. You need to, you need to get your DBA and get that started off. Don, uh, beefsteaks, fun funerals. <laughs> Dot com. I wonder if and we ought to get road rash. We are not going to do this with a sad face. We are going to do this. And you can have the uh, the all the different options, the, the breakdown hearse option <laughs> and late to your own funeral option. And the Tannerite, um, you know, after you uh, get your, in your ashes. <laughs> uh, uh. Hey, speaking of McBride's Guns, McBride's Guns, they're an Austin family-owned and operated local full-service firearm dealer. Whether you're looking for a new rifle, shotgun, personal carrier, special order firearm, the staff at McBride's can help. Looking for a youth model rifle or shotgun? Go where the staff is skilled and trained to help you make the right choice. McBride's Guns. You'll find McBride's in the same place it's been for years. The corner at 30th and Lamar. Call them at 472-3532 or online. McBride'sGuns.com. McBride's Guns is our hometown gun shop. All right. Hey, when we come back on the flip side, we're going to talk some fishing with Captain Gordon Taylor down on the coast oh yeah uh slamming some monster reds just want to give you guys you, you folks some uh info on what you can be doing down on the coast right now if you're uh, trust you're, me he's a good guy he put my grandkids on some serious fish man well you can go you can do a casting blast down there go shoot a deer catch some fish maybe do some late season dove hunting i don't know we'll oh, talk to man. captain Gordon Taylor on the flip side. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Number one outdoor show on radio right here. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Everstar Pro Ron Sheffield and I fish FLW. You're listening to the Outdoor Zone. Fish on. Up this morning. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in a bunkhouse. Hey, time's running out during the final hours of Niall Maxwell's Ram Power Days at Niall Maxwell Supercenter. We have hundreds priced right for uh, 2020 Rams to choose from. If your truck's packing on the miles and the AC ain't helping cut that Texas heat like it used to, it's perfect time to trade it in for your new truck. Uh, we're giving you top dollar on your trade when you trade in and trade up. 
to Ram. Come see for yourself why we've been, again, awarded the 2020 J.D. Power Customer First Award for Excellence during Ram Power Days at Nile Maxwell Supercenter. I love my Ram. I know you do, man. I love my Ram. The White Knight. At Nile Maxwell Supercenter, online at nilemaxwellsupercenter.com. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone, live in the bunkhouse. I'm TJ Green. This is the number one outdoor show on radio. Don't say that to brag, except I just like to brag on us. Hey, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. Hey, um, I get these texts every once in a while, and it'll be bling, 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 bling. And it's Captain Gordon Taylor. Ginormous fish. Sending me (laughs) just pictures of his day and... Uh, and man, they've been stacking them up. So I wanted to get him on the line and talk about the fishing down in the Rockport, Port Aransas area. Captain Gordon Taylor, official guide for the Texas coast for the outdoor zone. Captain Gordon Taylor, good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. How are y'all today? Good. Are you you're not going out on the boat this morning? Oh, I'm finally going to get some rest and spend the day with the wife today. And he, oh. and he calls us. Oh. He's got to talk fishing, I gave though. him the option between seven, call it seven, or call it eight, and he wanted to, I guess, get it over early. And <laughs> You're going to make your wife breakfast in bed? and Oh, yeah. i got to make breakfast this morning. We'll have pancakes and ham steaks today. So mm. He's a good cook, too. You, you send those pictures of your cooking and – you're our kind of guy because I see grand grandkid pictures, I see food pictures, fishing pictures. So you're you're not a uh, Gordon. You're not a um, deer hunter. You don't do any deer hunting or anything like that. Pretty much just ate up with fishing. It's just pretty much fishing. I used to duck hunt at one time, and then <clears throat> I just had enough of duck hunting and said, "No, nah, I enjoy fishing too much. I get." I get more meat off of a big redfish than I do a duck anyway. So, <laughs> so how uh, how was it? Yeah, I, was it all redfish yesterday that I saw? Was that the stuff that y'all did this week on Friday? Right, and uh, it was uh, six really nice reds and two mangrove snapper. The problem was is when that uh, storm was rolling in across the Gulf. Boy, you talk about some extremely high tides at the dock. The really? water was up over the boat ramp. And uh, we had 30-plus mile-an-hour winds, so we could only go sit in the flats and stay behind some of the islands. We were very limited where we could go, but we found the reds. They were they were hungry. Wow. Were you throwing live shrimp? Yes, we were throwing live shrimp under popping corks that morning, but the other trips I've been doing, oh, my God, I, I guess you saw we've been the last Golly, yeah. trips, we've caught 21 black-tipped sharks that we brought to the boat. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they're thick and heavy out there in Corpus Christi Bay. We go to one of the platforms out there, and we tie off, and uh, we're throwing shrimp once again, just free-lining it out there. And you can just see the sharks swimming. Every so often, you'll see one out of the corner of your eye swim by the boat. And I always tell them, hang on, because you're going to get one. And sure enough, those sharks were all four to six foot, and every time one of them – got hammered by one and i'm only using 10 pound test i gotta untie and use my trolling motor and we're chasing those sharks for 15 to 20 minutes on 10 pound test so it's do you get any of them in the boat i saw i saw one that looked like a like a four four footer oh yeah we lost some but uh i know that one day i took those two guys out we caught nine and landed six of them because the wow. other three broke off and bit through my line i wasn't using Steel leader only used twenty pound drops, and but like I tell those guys, man, you can only keep one black tip a piece. So they had fun just, you know, fighting them. It was it was a blast. Oh, so that's the so. Is there much meat on those black tip? Is there a lot of? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's good eating too. Hey, you, you've seen that where shark. shark steaks, you know, mm-hmm. um, right? Yeah, I'm just wondering how are, is that how you do it? What do you do with them when you when you clean them? Well, I'll clean them just like a trout when you go straight on down and then flip them over and then take the skin off. And then when I get back to the house, when I want to prepare them that night, I soak them in vinegar and vegetable oil with a little bit of uh, cracked black pepper just to marinate them for about 30 minutes. Pour that out, and then you 
dip them in buttermilk with a little bit of, you know, your favorite fish fry, roll it in that and deep fry them. Oh, God, those those strips turn out great. Hmm. Really do. We're going to try that. <laughs> we, we did some rabbit yesterday and deep fried it. Now I'm getting hungry for fish. Yeah, that rabbit was good, too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so how is the traffic down there? Still a lot of people coming down there, kids not going to school, virtual learning on the boat with you? And the hurricane. Oh, yes. I mean, plenty of people down here. We went over to Port Aransas yesterday, and that ferry line was probably about an hour wait. No way. Oh, yeah. Port Aransas is so packed right now. Everywhere is right now. These weekends are still crazy. They're still having tons of fishing tournaments. They had the Pipeliner fishing tournament this weekend, so Port Aransas was packed out with that tournament going on. But they still have a lot of stuff going on because the amount of fish, they couldn't have asked for a better time to have a tournament. I mean, you even saw the big red that we had. We've been catching reds over 35 inches, too. Mercy. So, Man, we, we got to get down there. Where, uh, what, is, what are these tournaments? These are uh, blue water? I mean, these are offshore a little bit, or they're, they're not? Are they redfish well, tournaments? Most of them are a combination. They'll have different categories where you do go offshore, or you do the bays, or you get in the kayak division or you get in the guided. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. It's a, it's a variety of everything, what you want to do. That's amazing that they're doing a whole bunch of those. The ba- Cody's bass, he's had a bass tournament and they're, they're opening back up and you know, the weigh-ins are kind of funky taking a little bit of time cause you're trying to distance and space and do all that kind of stuff, I guess. But, um, well, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, but everybody sure does want to get out and go fishing right now. Oh, my God. Anything else. <laughs> it's crazy. I bet, I bet his tournaments are pretty well packed, too. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, they're the most teams ever and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Well, he's in uh, Louisiana. He's been in Louisiana and he were, has been fishing in the rain for several days. What, uh, what, how's the weather affected you guys down there? Not a lot of rain, but just high tides? Oh, yes. Just just extremely high tides. We had wind Friday, and then now there's absolutely not a breath of wind out there this morning once again. And it's uh, it gets hot during the daytime without, you know, that wind coming off of our waters. You know that. It, it kiss of death there. So, yeah, it I don't know how fishing is. It hadn't, uh, it hadn't cooled off. I mean, it, it did a little bit, but it's back. The warm air is back temporarily. Well, what uh, – Anything else on on that area down there? Anything that uh, we can be praying for you about, or anything you want to uh, shout out to everybody? Uh, just about the whole Rockport area and and fishing right now. Any anything on the top of your mind? Well, all I can say is that uh, I've been extremely busy, and people are back getting on with their lives and everything, and. They're Amen. doing a good job of social distancing in Rockport. We see a lot of that, so proud of seeing people do that. But, yep, everybody's wanting to get outside and enjoy the outdoors right now, especially with the fishing. This has been some of the best fishing all year is happening right now in October. So it's it's been outstanding, as you, you see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, Captain Gordon Taylor, official guide for the Texas Outdoor Zone uh, bunkhouse team. What is uh, the best way for people to get in touch with you, Captain Gordon? So if they want to book a trip, maybe buy a gift certificate for the fall or for next year for the holidays, that stuff's going to start happening soon. Uh, What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, just give me a call on my cell phone. It's 361 319 zero zero nine nine and i will get back to you as soon as i can i may be on the water but i'll i'll call back as soon as i can captain gordon taylor at 361-319-0099 if you want to book a trip or get a gift certificate send somebody out into the into the blue water and you know that is green, a good idea the a emerald gift, coast a gift certificate because if you're going to take one chance on something, Captain Gordon's the guy to take the chance on. Send someone down there, he will put them on fish. He did it for my grandkids, and um, 
It, it, I, I'm so appreciative of it. All right, Captain Gordon Taylor. Hey, thank you, brother. Uh, keep me posted. Tell your wife we said howdy. Yeah, he gone. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's he's making that. Uh, he was probably cooking and... while he was talking. <laughs> hey, archery country. Whether you're an avid bow hunter chasing elk, whitetail, bear, game around the world, archery country is the place to get all your gear. The staff and owners at Archery Country are not part-time shooters. They're avid bow hunters and 3D shooters that hunt and compete. Find all the gear, targets, arrows, and accessories you need on-site and available for professional installation every day. Archery Country is at 8121 Research Boulevard. Archery Country, AustinArcheryCountry.com. AustinArcheryCountry.com for more information. All right, on the flip side, we'll come back with News of the Weird. You don't want to miss it. Only one place, live in the bunkhouse, Sunday morning, 7 to 9, or 24-7, 365 at theoutdoorzone.com. And I hope that judge ain't blind. Amarillo by morning. Hey, American Blood Brothers, this is Ted Nugent on the Outdoor Zone, live from the bunkhouse with my blood brother, TJ. Whack him. And stack them, would you? All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Zone Live in the Bunkhouse. Sun Automotive, family-owned and operated auto repair and maintenance company since 1978. Each and every person at Sun Automotive works hard to demonstrate they take pride in what they do, and they want to be the place you bring your vehicle anytime it needs scheduled maintenance or repairs. When it comes to your auto repair and maintenance needs, brake repairs, transmission service, Sun Automotive appreciates having the opportunity to serve you. Follow them on Facebook for great maintenance tips. They got locations all around Central Texas, 405 West Slaughter Lane, 1300 Medical Parkway in Cedar Park, 1403 River Boulevard in Georgetown and Lakeway, 1206 Ranch Road 620. Just go to sunautoservice.com for more, sunautoservice.com for more. Now, it's time for your news of the weird. Huh? Wild, weird, strange, and crazy things can happen in the outdoors. We seek them out and bring them to you each and every week. It's time for the Outdoor Zone's Outdoor News of the Weird. So, this is kind of an interesting story. It's a, there's a lot of information right there. I think you can boil it down. <laughs> well, so, in November 2015, the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, started gathering wild horses from Beatty Butte Management Area in Oregon where the herd was estimated 1,200 wild horses, six times the designated management level. So, okay, so first clue, right? I mean, that's the whole, well, in it, this whole discussion. Like uh, deer, like anything else. Discussion. But yeah. the, the thing about this and the, is it's horses. So, you you know, people look it's at tougher. it like, yeah. Well, I could never shoot a horse, or I could never, you know, those things must run wild in the, you know, at the daisy farm, and, <laughs> you know, young ladies must feed them carrots and, and pet their noses, and, yeah. and, you know, what else? But these are wild horses. They're feral horses, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of feral animals. I heard there was feral longhorn cattle on the Texas-Mexico border, and those some of those ranches down there, you can go down there and shoot a feral longhorn cow. I never heard of that. That that's would be cool. crazy. I guess that's like the old days when they uh, started rounding them up. You know, there was so much. It's just a natural resource. But so Australia is in the midst of an extinction crisis through desperate efforts to save its wildlife. The public there has learned a valuable lesson. If you want to save native critters, you must cull invasives. What? Are you kidding me? In Australia me? and here in the U.S., that means feral cats and horses. Uh-huh. Cats have been, uh-huh. you know, this is why. See, the two together. Kind of know where your TJ's going. When yeah. you, uh, <laughs> you must call invasives. In Australia and here in the U.S., that means feral cats and horses. Cats have been implicated in at least 28 Australian mammal extinctions, oh. and the country's feral horses and donkeys are degrading habitat, edging out everything from frogs to wallabies. Wallabies are a problem there too. I thought they're they like, loved their wallabies. 
Well, they love them, but there are so many of them. Well, again, they're everywhere. This article is all about that discussion. American pet lovers have yet to learn this lesson about science-based management. The emotional baggage associated with both cats and horses is having an outside impact on how we're trying and failing to control their numbers. I like how what they say, emotional, because that's what the uh, evil PETA does. They run on emotions, right? And uh, some of this isn't about emotions. Sometimes people, you know, they go and save what the BLM takes over, they go, oh, we're going to save all these horses. Then they get them and they're thinking, what are we going to do with all these horses? Well, and they're, <laughs> and that's not just, uh, I mean, we have well, several I areas. Save. save is not a good word, right? Save is a, is a term because they're not, <laughs> they're not being saved from anything. We just got a text from, I'm sure you heard that. Uh, yeah, we all heard We just it. got a text from our resident, uh, ag specialist feral horses reproduction rate is two times more than a domestic horse most horses have to be hauled to mexico most of the horses have to be hauled to mexico where there are lesser restrictions on On on. rounding up and slaughtering (laughs) right and eating yeah yeah restrictions on slaughterhouses and animal handling resulting in abused horses and inhumane slaughter they used to they used to let the cowboys, you know, go ahead and round up those feral mustangs. And Thank then, you, Miss Taylor. Yeah, that's all right. And uh, they used to let them round them up, and and uh, either sell them, or they go to market. Yeah, where you think you get Elmer's glue from? And that stuff you ate when you were a kid. <laughs> The ecological impact of feral cats is well established. An oft-cited an oft-cited 2013 study reports free-ranging cats kill up to four billion birds and 22 billion mammals in the U.S. each year. Cats are especially destructive in Hawaii, where native species evolved without land predators. Even so, wildlife managers have never talked about allowing feral cat hunting, says Jot Atwood of Hawaii's Invasive Species Council. The public would never go for it. Even non-lethal measures have been rejected when the HISC attempted to pass a ban on feeding of feral cats on public land a few years ago. A small but vocal group blocked it. So that there again is, you know, I there it is right there in a nutshell. A small group of vocal people. Yes. And, um, and you don't have politicians with a backbone that can override a few small voices who is the governor uh, i think it's the governor of montana or 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 wyoming that lady yeah that lady that yeah and she was like last week she was out on a roundup of some horses some cows and 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 the week before or a month before she was uh shooting pheasant oh social distancing hunting i just man she needs to be the next, she needs to be our first female president. There you go. That's and good. I bet you they don't have, uh, you know what was weird? Don't Why t- are you don't whispering? Because t- don't tell him by this. Okay. But I was out at the ranch this week and I was driving back. Where, where is this going? I was driving okay. back and yeah. I saw this black thing coming down the ranch road. This is on the ranch. Okay, I'm interested. And so I stop the truck and I get out and I grab my rifle because I always keep the rifle in the truck on the ranch in case there's a reason to need it. Feral cat, feral hog. And so I I got out and I kind of snuck down the road a little bit and looked in my scope and it was a big black feral cat. (laughs) And I was going to snipe it. And then, but there were some houses on the other side of the fence, one of those rare places where the ranch takes a turn and yeah. kind of goes past a couple of houses. They're out in the country, but I thought, yeah, yeah. I don't want to shoot. Ricochet with the long gun. Right. Well, I don't want to shoot little Fifi and have the kids social distancing, doing their social studies on the back porch. And, oh, there's Fifi down. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Mustangs are an icon of the American West, and now they're the icon problem child of the Bureau of Land Management. The BLM is tasked with protecting wild horses in 19 
71, the wake of public campaign against Mustangers, cowboys who would round up free-ranging horses for market slaughter. The original language of the wild and free-roaming horses and burros Act of 1971 was crystal clear that BLM must protect wild horses from death. This includes selling horses for slaughter and also prevent management prevents management through hunting. But you, I mean, here comes the facts, right? $80 million a year to manage the wild horse populations that are unhealthy, overpopulated. Right, but they double every four or five years, right? An unadopted horse costs you, the taxpayer, it's not some random little number, but it's costing you $48,000 a year. You know, on that note, I wanted you to know, read for you this one going back to cats because I know you love that. I have to read this quote. No matter how you approach it, there's a really strong human emotional element to this. He also notes that trap, neuter, and return, the favorite tool for the animal rights advocates, just isn't effective. It's costly, it doesn't reduce the population. And the stare doesn't stop cats from killing native animals. So sterilizing them doesn't stop the other thing. Never has. Not in deer, not in feral cats, not in, and they've tried in, like in New York City where they were, the deer were coming into the, swimming across the whatever into the city. Yeah. And so they, they wouldn't kill them. So they started neutering them and doing all that. I mean, they had a comp. Remember we talked about it. They had a company that was getting paid to neuter them a lot. And and the does would come into gestation or whatever it is. And the other bucks would come swimming across (laughs) it, just new deer. And so it didn't cut the populations at all. Matter of fact, it added to the numbers. And so, you know, lethal population control is a real thing and it really matters and it really works. And it's really the only way that they found in any place that it works. White-tailed deer populations, feral cat populations. When you artificially start protecting, quotes around that, that's where it begins, right? Because they don't know what then to do with it and what... And you can do, like, I don't know what you do with the feral cats. Maybe make some, you know, like slippers or something out of them. But I'd the like deer and the idea. horse and all that stuff, there's stuff to do with them. There's you know, there's dog food. You're, yeah, you're, I mean, you're going to use them for something good. Which would be better for them to, uh, I, I, it's such a, I don't know. They said there's an emotional tie with cats and horses, and that's why everybody has such a hard time understanding what really needs to be done right well that's what it is with everything and it's you know it's the whole bambi theory you know, you know I was people about were that. sold bambi and since then it's been terrible but i'll tell you what's really good right now what is really good austin's hottest new restaurant shore raw barn grill Lobster. Oh, God. Dude, they brought in a bunch. (laughs) Lobster Fest is happening right now at Shore Raw Barn Grill. Not me. Don't count me in. I know. I know. You can't eat them. But But I'll talk about it. We can go and eat them for you. I can watch you guys eat it. Yeah. Our friends over at Shore Raw Barn Grill, they are having the Lobster Fest over over there right now. And all their seafood, all their fish, oysters, uh, lobster are brought in every week. They handpick the ones they want. They're fresh, and that's the way you're going to get it at Shore Raw Barn Grill. They have a cool oyster selection like none other in Central Texas. They have fabulous desserts, incredible fresh-made breads. Buddies Rick Wahlberg and Jim Snyder want to invite you to the shore. Hey, you can sit out on the patio for live music right now, and it is just outstanding. Um, go visit our buddies Rick Wahlberg and Jim Snyder at Shore Raw Barn Grill located on Highway 71 West at Covered Bridge just west of the Wine Oak Hill the Shore Raw Barn Grill ShoreATX.com for details ShoreATX.com for details alright on the flip side we got Game Warden Field Notes only one place live in a bunkhouse 7 to 9 on Sunday mornings or 24-7 365 at theoutdoorzone.com
Beefsteak here to tell you about Central Texas Honda dealers. You know, summer may be over, but the Honda Summer Clearance Event is not. They're introducing Shop Simple with Honda, the easy way to buy online with your new Honda from the comfort of your own home. Or you can visit a Honda dealer. Either way, financing is as low as 0.9 APR on selected models. So shop your Central Texas Honda dealers today online at centraltexashondadealers.com. This is Jeff Foxworthy, and you're listening to two of my favorite rednecks, TJ and Cody, on the Outdoor Zone. All right, welcome back. It's the Outdoor Zone live in the bunkhouse. Hey, you can follow us 247-365 at theoutdoorzone.com, and you can also find this show and previous shows on almost all of the podcast channels out there. SoundCloud. iTunes. Uh, Spotify. You want to uh, keep going on this battle? <laughs> no. It's like a rap battle. We could just keep going back and forth. They're all over the place. <laughs> now you Maxwell, get it on Radio. iHeart Radio. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, Nile Maxwell's GMC tailgate savings are happening now at Nile Maxwell GMC, and you can tailgate like a pro. This season in a new GMC with greater accessibility, more features than anything else in its class. Like the 2020 Sierra 1500 with the Multi-Pro tailgate. It's more than just a tailgate. Like a multi-purpose tool, it can be configured and positioned to function in several ways. Perfect for any game day or work day. Come join the family at Nile Maxwell GMC and find your new vehicle today. Exit 256 in Round Rock. See dealer for details. NileMaxwellGMC.com. We are professional grade. Now it's time for our Game Warden Field Notes. These are the stories of the brave and courageous men and women of law enforcement, defenders of the outdoors. These are true Game Warden Field Notes. Creeping on critters, two game wardens were conducting night patrols in Kimball County where several reports of possible road hunting had been occurring. The wardens had been sitting in their location for about 10 minutes when they heard the first of multiple gunshots and saw a group of people spotlighting. With the use of nice night vision goggles, the wardens located the individuals and made contact with them. The 11 individuals had permission to be on the property where they, they were hunting on, but or all were from out of state and did not have possess a valid texas hunting license whoops the individuals had shot several jackrabbits raccoons and other non-game animals the wardens issued 11 citations for hunting non-game animals without a valid texas hunting license there you go so except for except for one they didn't put pigs on there did they no you can shoot pigs yeah yeah but uh with the permission of the landowner which they seem to have yeah, they had that. That but was good. But why not get your hunting license anyways? Yeah. I mean, they're out of state. You could get one. What do they do now? Those $48 ones? Yeah. You know, for non-whitetail? For non- right, everything for, but whitetail. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Axis denied an Edwards County game warden and a real county game warden had been investigating an individual for seven w- several weeks for hunting from a public roadway. One day, a landowner called and a suspect in a suspicious vehicle driving very slowly, so the Edwards County game warden responded to the call from several miles away. Away, While en route, he received a second call saying the individuals were seen taking an axis deer from the public road. The individuals were apprehended and confessed. Multiple charges have been filed. So, confessed to shooting an axis deer on the roadway. Which I, I know, you know those is things exotic, are, and you can shoot them any time, right? You, you don't need a tag, shoot, but, but you can't shoot off the road. You can't do that. People, people, people. <laughs> no moving vehicles. No spotlighting. I mean, don't you don't you think there's a certain line that you cross in your mind 
where you just decide to do something like that? Well, back in the day, I you know I made a lot of really dumb decisions. I make dumb were, decisions were, still to this day. Was someone helping you? But make that dumb decision, or were you? Well, on I'm your sure own? I was around people. I was reading a journal I found from when I was 15. Uh oh. And people <laughs> around me were a huge influencer. I did some things that people around me were huge influencers. So and you journaled it. I wow. did. Yeah. Well, it was, I found, so when I was in wow. that I, small town in Illinois uh-huh. and I got in all that trouble where yeah. I just went to last week or whatever, right? right. What a I great had a return. journal while I was there. The five months I was there, I journaled really? and I, yes, and it was, the, well, I bet that was both creepy and good. It was amazing. amazing. Uh, but anyway, all that being said that, um, you know, one of the things that I really love about the way that we train up the boys in the program of Kids Outdoor Zone is that we don't do redneck model. Mm. You know, we have learned. But we have fun. We have fun, but it's not. You can do it without the redneck model. I didn't think at first you could. You didn't think we could do extreme outdoor stuff i didn't i didn't know i didn't know exactly how it would play out it's it's like not drinking and having fun you know that good good example yeah and still having fun yeah some people say or when i stopped drinking it was like well i can't watch a football game without drinking i can't do this without right no man well i had that experience when i was trying to when i was getting clean and sober that i didn't know how to do any of that stuff but you can learn to do it and if you right. hang around the right people and 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 what I'm what I guess I'm thinking about is if you're going to be the example to the next generation or to your kids it doesn't matter whether it's hunting or football or uh you know how to be kind to a how to open the door for a lady when you're at the grocery store and she's ahead of you or whatever that whatever those things are those examples that we set and in the outdoors a lot of times we take some liberties that we shouldn't be taking just because we go what I call redneck. And, <laughs> you know, it's not okay. It's not okay to do that. It's not okay to do it whether they're watching or not watching. But anyway, it was. Uh, well, you can do things that are uh, extreme. I mean, yesterday at KOZ, we, I, I don't know, we, we uh, chopped up a rabbit right there we deep fried it um and and the way people are taught things it's okay uh yesterday my mom died as i said at the very beginning of the show uh and passed away last week and those boys came around me because of an influence of you gave them permission to do the right thing and uh and they came and prayed over me and that was the well, most that's amazing. They love you. That's not. That's just because those boys love you. But you kind of hinted at it, probably, or you empowered them to do what they wanted to probably do, anyways. And that's that good influence, you know, of just kind of leading in that direction. You well, wanna... I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation, and guys are like, "Oh yeah, go ahead, you know, just keep shooting birds, or nobody around, or, you know, or right." You know, where do you draw that line? And and you at some point, at some point, there was just a a switch that went off, you know, from when I was young and I was just acting redneck to going, oh, wait, I can't do that. And, well, you know, I'll tell you what my biggest influences was when I had my kids with me, because, you know, back in the day, everybody, back in the day, everybody like, okay, you know, you buy your 11-year-old boy a hunting license, you you shoot a couple of his tags, and you just put them on there. And and I had people saying that kind of stuff, and I thought, I could not have my son sitting next to me and talking to a game warden and lie to that game warden with my son watching me lie about how that tag, where that tag and I didn't want my son to be confronted by a game warden because game wardens are not stupid. They'll say, "Son, how did you tell me about that shot?" Yeah, and and yeah, and he'll just not be. Uh, uh, and so, and and that was really the 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 most clear time I can say that 
I began to understand that um, I have to be the example that I want them to follow. And And I I can say that my kids are, they don't. They do that. That's that whole empowering the ethical part of you're responsible for yourself. You know, yesterday, Jim told us about his boy who shot the deer with the arrow. And mm-hmm. it wasn't a kill shot completely, right? And the coyotes got on it. That's probably a longer story. Yeah, that but whole story. they didn't want to shoot him because they didn't want to use a round, so they shot another arrow instead. And I thought that, because they didn't want to get the uh, game wardens to, you know. They, well, they, they could have called the game wardens. It. The game wardens would have let them do that. And, you know, part of it is, you know, communicating with your game wardens in certain situations. I've had that happen, but... We don't teach our kids to be redneck, and then you can they can avoid some of the stuff they grow that, that could happen to them growing up. Hey, farmranchstore.com, there's no better way to ensure a successful farm or ranch operation than to have safe and well-built equipment that you can rely on for years to come. From handling equipment and ranching equipment to fencing, feeders, rodeo arenas, we're proud to offer you the top quality products available on the farm ranch market Today, our suppliers' products come from leading suppliers such as Prefert, Powder River, and WW Manufacturing, all of whom are trusted names in the industry. This is Steam Stamp of Approval guarantees our products have met superior standards for safety and reliability, which means you can feel confident that you're getting the very best for both your animals and your farm or ranch. Whether you've uh, got one acre or a hundred thousand acres farmranchstore.com is where the landowner goes to get work done farmranchstore.com all right coming up on the flip side what do we got on the flip side oh we're going to talk about that gun and damage ammo shortage and how uh, that's affecting. we got our peter report next right peter report next nope guns nope. and ammo guns right. and ammo that's Come always on. good see you on the flip side <laughs> 